This is Charlie Pack for the Thriving School Community Podcast. I am so glad you're here. We are here um, talking about improving school mental health. So sometimes I share some information. This is all in our book, by the way, Improving School Mental Health, The Thriving School Community Solution. The framework for what I teach here and share here is in that book. You can get it right on Amazon. And we have a website. You can go to thrivingschool.org. We have so much information there and free resources. Just sign up for them. And I just want you to know that we're all talking about this together. So please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Charlie, C-H-A-R-L-E, Peck, P-E-C-K, or just email me if you have any questions, C-H-A-R-L-E at thrivingschool.org. All right. So we're talking about the stress spillover today. So why are we talking about that? Well, let's think about that. Think about all the different environments that we engage in. And when you're stressed in one area, it spills over to the next. I want you to think of this first though. Imagine you're driving late at night and you get hit by an oncoming truck that swerved into your lane. All right, I'm sorry, it's not a pretty picture. But let's just think about it like this. You're ejected from your car and you're laying on that cold pavement all by yourself. And somebody notices and they call 911 right away. So the EMT show up and they immediately do an assessment on you and they work to stabilize you. And one of the EMTs actually calls in um, to the hospital to let them know what's going on with you. They're assessing you. And the other one is talking very calmly to you to reassure you. So that other one is noticing the observation or they're calling in their observations and there's, they're saying if there's any kind of obvious signs or injuries or trauma and they're communicating that to dispatch. And because doctors received these details before you even arrived, arrived to the hospital, now they have some indication of how to treat you. And therefore, you're going to get the help that you need more quickly. Meanwhile, because protocols were followed, your closest relative has been called and they are on the way to the hospital too. And um, now you know that you're going to be taken care of. So you might have avoided catastrophic damage altogether because all of these people were working for you, on you, and together communicating, or at the very least, you weren't curled up alone on the side of the road, suffering in silence. I want you to picture educators as first responders. They have tools to stabilize or calm a student who's struggling, or if you're an education leader, you need to have tools to stabilize and calm your staff. And we need to be able to do that for colleagues too. All right. But I want you to go back to the picturing educators as first responders and having tools to stabilize or calm a student who's struggling. And then they can effectively gather more information from that student that they can then communicate to the mental health professionals. And then students learn to advocate for what they need because we've taught them to do that. And parents then contribute a historical background for that student. So now we all have a big picture of what's going on and how to better then treat that student. So just imagine that picture. And that is exactly what we're trying to do with the thriving school community. That is the approach. So teachers, support staff and parents and caregivers, they're all great informants and they're such important parts of your school mental health team, but they're not always re re um, regarded as that. They're not always regarded as parts of the team, but they should be. And they don't have to be specialists, all right? Um, they don't require the clinical training that professionals have. They don't need that. But when we properly equip them with really simple practical tools and skills, 
they're like frontline workers. So they're more competent and parents then feel less overwhelmed to send their kids to school, especially when they're struggling because they know that the educators and teachers and support staff in the building have their kids back and there's communication there, right? And students then get the care they need instead of feeling left out and behind and isolated, which is so detrimental to their mental health and wellness. So now let's think of that stress spillover for a second. A kid's home life absolutely influences their learning experience. And that can be long-term as well. We've seen some evidence on that, that if if they're struggling in their home and they're struggling at school, um, in both places, there are long-term effects and impediments to their learning. And this could go for, on for years. Like if there was a study from freshman year to senior year, and there were just, it, it can be detrimental to their outcome and their opportunities. All right. And that's the gist of it. So parents also get overwhelmed and then they struggle to raise their kids these days. And so when they're struggling at home and their kids are struggling at home, then they're sending their kids to school for their kids to struggle at school. And guess what? That shows up as behaviors and that stresses out our educators. And especially when the educators don't know what to do, they either do nothing or they go back to other ways that they used to do, or they think they should do, but they just don't know what to do. And so it doesn't always come off the way that our kids need them to, right? And so if those parents are overwhelmed and our educators are overwhelmed and kids don't really feel like they have any adult that they can go to, and they don't have a lot of guidance or access to good quality resources, then they're going to get left behind. And they're going to, they're you know, they're going to struggle even more. And when kids act out, Again, we don't know what to do or the kids don't know what to do. So if we just keep giving the same old tools that weren't working in the first place, they're going to fall into oblivion and they're going to lose hope. And we do not want our kids losing hope. And by the way, we don't want our staff losing hope. That's why they're stepping out of the education profession altogether because they've lost hope in the system. So we don't want people losing hope. We want to equip them so they feel more confident in engaging in the space together more effectively, all right, with energy and good quality support. And when we do this together, we all have the same kind of common language and we're all doing this in the same school community. So again, that stress spillover is about if I'm stressing at school, I'm going to go take that home and that stress is going to spill over into my home life, whether I'm on a, a kid or adult. And that actually might go into my work life. So let's say that I'm a teenager and I have a job and I might, you know, be stressing out at school and home and I might go to my job and stress out there and I'm not giving the the best service I can. I might even put my job in jeopardy, which can have a whole host of problems to my mental health and self-esteem there too and opportunities. So just think that there's the stress spillover effect is real and it happens. So we want to protect both environments. When kids move back and forth between their homes and schools without those consistent expectations, they get confused, they get lonely, sad. And by the way, they get disruptive. That's how they're showing the sadness, the loneliness, the confusion. It shows up in their behaviors. And the way we adults are responding to that is not helpful. It just doesn't help them more. And so we need to be aware of that. And we need to also be um, preventative in what we set up for them. All right. So that's what we're trying to do together. So we want to treat school and home as that same back and forth influence, because it's super important that we have um, a good influence back and forth. Now, we're not going to control what happens when the kids go home. We're not going to control that, but we can be proactive 
and we can offer parents and caregivers the kind of skills that we're offering our staff and make that very consistent. So at least we're partnering with them. At least we can do that. All right. And, and by the way, sometimes there are barriers to parents getting these skills. They're, they report not having access to good quality information. There's actually some studies on that. And it's, it's true. They're looking for it. They want to parent more effectively. They want to connect with their kids more. They just don't know how to do that. So if we know how to do that and we know how to share that with your staff, we also want to share that with your parents that we're all doing it together. All right. We want to create a sustainable ecosystem. Think of that. And that way we're all reinforcing those skills together. And there's going to be lasting sustainable effects when we do that. So just keep that in mind. And remember, kids function better in environments that are stable, inclusive, and predictable. You know that. We've all been taught that. It's true. It's still true. And I want you to go back to that story that I told you in the beginning about when you're hurt or when you're struggling, if you know that there's a system in place for people to take care of you and look after you, you never have to feel alone. So just keep that in mind as we're working towards a solution together. All right. If you want to have the framework to our book and get those skills and get those immediately, you can get, you can get our book online. It's called Improving School Mental Health the thriving school community solution. Just go to Amazon. You can grab it there. You can also go to our website. It's thrivingschool.org. We can help you deliver that to staff and parents, by the way. And, um, or you can just get the book. You could do a book study and have a conversation. We've got a free kit for you. Just some staff, um, actually some education leaders will buy a bulk order for their staff and their parents, and then just bring them all together. And we have a whole structure all planned out for you. Everything's in place for the book study for that. It's a five-week, week-by-week guidebook with discussion questions, worksheets, everything, even email prompts if you want them. And so if you want support, we're here for you, or just grab that book and you can start today letting teachers, educators, support staff, parents, anybody who wants to absorb this information and have some tools to work uh, to work with immediately and start that communication process, start that system, start building that up and strengthening it. You can get that today or just reach out to me. If you have any questions at all, I'd love to connect with you. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Charlie, C-H-A-R-L-E, Peck, P-E-C-K, or you can just email me. It's Charlie, C-H-A-R-L-E, at thrivingschool.org. I will set up some time with you to discuss how we can help you, how we can support you and get you started so you can start having some immediate relief to your school mental health system. Support those kids support those families they're struggling too, and support your staff. All right. Thank you so very much for being here.